Hey everybody, Andrea here again. Welcome back to another episode of The Bind. I can't help but get more and more excited every time that we have a session because it's really challenging me to figure out how to just boldly talk about things and understand. I have to like have grace on myself to understand that I don't always necessarily know how to formulate the process just yet. And so I'm in the beginning stages of creating and learning from myself what it means to vulnerably create something. I think that that's been one of the most fun things about this. I've gone into it understanding like it's a very slow process to grow something and to cultivate relationships with people is such a slow process. It's generally not instantaneous and learning to be okay with that and not expecting perfection right off from the beginning. And that's what I'm getting here. And so I say that to you today, knowing that I'm about to journey back to a session that I recorded quite a while ago, and I'm realizing how beautifully it's just unfolding because that's what my life is. My life, like your life, is something that is unfolding and unpredictable. You know, we're all sitting anxiously in the midst of what's going on with the pandemic. And I think for a lot of us, one of the worst things about the pandemic is its lack of predictability. Like we can look historically. I actually did that, right? Because I'm wanting to gain some form of sense of control. So I get on my computer or my phone, let's be honest, I'm scrolling on my phone and I'm just looking at the history of pandemics, trying to find something about our past with pandemics that might give me a little peace of mind. Like if I can just grasp some sense of time and understanding about this, it's going to some way somehow make me feel better. Like, like my life will become a little bit more manageable if I just have that idea of time ahead of me. That's probably not fully the, the case. I think that we are going to get on the other side of this, but I think I'm also, um, I've actually coined the pandemic, the days of manna, because uh, if you know anything about Bible stories, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert, there was a point in time in which God provided manna, and he did that only one day at a time. In fact, if people tried to collect enough manna for more than just one day, it would shrivel up and mold over, and people wouldn't be able to use that for food. So you get one day at a time, and you have to trust that that one day that you get, you're going to be sufficiently supplied with what you need for that day. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now with the pandemic. Do you recall a few sessions ago, if you happen to be so kind as to listening to my podcast through, straight through, I had mentioned that I was really struggling with having to rearrange my kids' school plans for what I thought it was going to be. I assumed that they were both going to go to the same school this coming year. And due to the pandemic, my daughter's preschool program was canceled, and that just uprooted everything. In that happening, as far as our family is concerned with that situation with schooling, it really led to this whole domino effect of changes that we had to make. I just noticed what was happening inside my body. Every single decision I was making, it was like, take a breath, choose an answer. Take a breath, choose an answer. And I don't even think my body had caught up as far as coping is concerned with the rate at which I was having to make new decisions. And thank God I had my husband and he is as supportive as he is because as I'm trying to process having to change things, he's the one who's just filling out the paperwork, 
submitting it and making it happen. Whereas I probably would have sat on it for a while, just feeling so unsure, not knowing if I had made the right choice. Now, fast forward like a few weeks, and I've really come to a place where I can better cope with the decisions that we've had to make for our family based on the information that we have today. And I realized a few things in that process because I had to ask myself like, okay, Andrea, why are you being so ridiculous about this? I found myself with like my closest friends reminding myself of all the reasons why I was glad that we made the choice to switch schools. Oh yeah, here's the things that I didn't enjoy about the school. These are some things that I'm glad we're going to leave this system and hopefully get better opportunities in the new school system that he's going to. As I was like convincing myself of all the reasons why it was okay that I was leaving, I was simultaneously just lamenting the sadness of the change. There were so many things that we enjoyed in our experience with this school. Not just enjoyed, but so many things we felt so safe in and we kind of knew what to expect in. I bring that to you because I've been processing this and I'm coming to peace with we made the decision that we made this year for better or for worse. I know that we will be able as the process unfolds, as we have made a decision, if something isn't aligning with our family, I do know that we will have other options to consider. It's not set in stone. No one is placing shackles on the Eric's family, leading us to commit fully to the one decision that we have had to make in a time in our life where we have never felt more uncertain about things that we have always felt so certain about. So I had to just give myself some grace that I have permission, number one, to change my mind. That feels really good. So that was one of the processes that I had to sit in. Some of the other processes I had to sit in was like the fear of what if I put my kids somewhere and it doesn't feel safe for me. And I'm a person like, um, I wouldn't say that I have any, I work with trauma survivors and trust me when I say they know what it's like to have to battle every day between knowing what is really safe and what's not. And I'm not there, but as far as like, as a mother, just wanting to make good choices for her children and help them navigate their lives well, I was just feeling very vulnerable and not safe in having to choose something that was different than what my mind thought was the best option. So I had to walk through that. And I think like one of the things I had to do to get there was to recognize my own children's identities. You see, what I was holding, I don't really... As of today, I don't have enough background information on my daughter that would ever lead me to believe I have to worry about the environments that I put her in the same way something in me believes I need to worry about the environments I put my son in. And I'll give you context to what I mean. With Brooklyn, she has just such a forward resilience. I can actually see in her how strong she is and how able she is to sway and shift um, what she's needing to accommodate any changes that might occur. She has just a really good um, degree of resilience that you can just see it playing out in real time in her life. With my son, I sometimes try to hold him more closely. 
I just worry about him more because my son is the empathic one. And that's not to say my daughter's not empathic. She is. But as a mother, I see my children and I see the differences in them. And with my son, he is just a lover. In fact, when Logan was born, he was in the NICU for 12 days. He was a preemie baby. And when I went in to see him for the first time, one of the first things that the nurse said to me, I'll never forget, she just looked at me and she goes, he's sweet. And she was right. Like this boy has always just had a sweet genuineness about him, which has lent itself wonderfully as a parent, I must say. I try to tell everybody, like, don't come to me looking at me like I am the, you know, mom of the year when you see me the way that I work with my son because he just happens to have a demeanor where it's fairly agreeable, which I think will work well for him in some ways as he's growing and not so well for him in ways as he's growing into his own person. But that's that's for us to navigate as he grows. But... What I knew about him and that empathic part was that being in that smaller environment really served to nurture that. I mean, one of the things that I was valuing was the sense that like everybody around him would be nice. And I don't think that that's 100% true, but I think that that was the majority of what I was getting from my encounters with him, with his classmates. And it felt really safe because as a parent, I'm trying to navigate to myself, if I'm going to put my child into his own set of systems, I at least want to do what I can do to keep him safe. And I realized that that was actually more about me than it was about my son. And so in the process of having to change our plans from what we anticipated they were going to be for this coming school year, I realized that a lot of the decisions I was making was fueled by my own sense of fear, more so than being fueled by you know, this is just what we are having to walk forward in. And I do think that there is a huge difference when we walk in our lives, either boldly moving forward, you know, like imagine being suspended in air, there's feels like there's nothing below our feet, but openness that we run the risk of falling into just dire circumstances. And we're hanging there and somebody says, Hey, I need you to let go. And you're like, no, I'm just going to keep holding on here. I may be holding on to nothing. There may be nothing valuable and hanging on. But if I hang on, at least I'm safe. And so we find ourselves trapped in the unknown. We find ourselves trapped in probably not so great situations most of the time. But even if something isn't a great situation, that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't feel safe in it. It's safe because it's predictable. It's safe because we recognize even though it's not ideal, I'm here and that's something. I was having to cope with the reality that I felt incredibly vulnerable in putting my children into yet another circumstance that I know nothing about. I don't know anything about the people, the system, the the schedule of it, the expectation of it. I didn't know anything about that. And I'm going to have to vulnerably walk in it again new. And that is so tough for me. I recognize that that's one of the things that is incredibly challenging for me to do. And so it made me think of so many of my clients who oftentimes we will be processing in therapy 
and they will be faced with knowing that they have to make a hard decision about their life and it's looking like the decision they're going to have to make will require a whole lot of change that they know nothing about. They don't know anything about the resources that will be available. They don't know anything about the friendships they stand to lose. Because at that point, we're not generally thinking about our gains. We're thinking about our losses. And so they're having to process potential losses that might occur. They're having to just process the resources, the losses, the um, new expectations, and also the conversations. That's an important one because for any change that we make, there always comes a conversation with people who just desire to be involved in the process. And while I think that that can be good, I think that it can also be extremely confusing and flooding for a person who doesn't even know themselves. They don't know, but they're receiving a lot of feedback and even the feedback doesn't give them any sense of clarity or assurance. And it's because when we are faced with a hard decision, it's ours. It's mine. It's my family's. It's not yours. I appreciate that you're attempting to help with this in your wisdom or opinions. But at the end of the day, you have no clout in my journey. And this is where my clients sit with this. Just like my session where I talked about having to accept that a change was going to have to be made. Now I am walking forward in having made a decision. And frankly, the decision was really like, to a certain degree, made for us. You know, we know what we're facing. We know that we're in one of the potential to become hotspot locations. And our community is just choosing to take a conservative um, stance on that. Based on that information, we went with which place we believed could provide the best resources in the worst of situations. And so, yeah, like we feel like our decision was kind of made for us for where our family is. And I think sometimes that's what happens is sometimes when we know that we're faced with a decision and we sit long enough in not being able to move, sometimes the universe just moves us in a direction for us and we manage the circumstances based on that. And so you got to ask yourself, how am I going to walk forward in this? What's my path going to be? And how am I going to hold that choice? Do I walk with it with the trust that I can navigate it even though I feel vulnerable? Or do I sink and shrink up because it feels insurmountable? We oftentimes are faced with this crossroads. And believe me when I tell you sometimes people do buckle but also, what I want to add to that is more often than not, people rise up to the challenge of facing the world. And so it's more about your ability to have faith that you can move forward despite a hard decision, and you will move forward. And in that, there is still an opportunity for joy, even though the process led you through many um potential trials just because we're aiming to a place to get to a place that leads us to a sense of peace and joy doesn't mean we aren't faced with the fire that might come in the midst of getting there that's a very real possibility that we face 
And so I encourage you today to just think about your own sense of resilience that you have learned in your course of life. When you are faced with decisions you never imagined you were going to have to start making, either for yourself or your family, how did you navigate that? You know, be honest with yourself. What was vulnerable about it? When did you feel the most out of control? Was the control able to come back to some degree? Was the shift something that you moved into and it feels like there's no turning back? You see, I hope you're understanding this. As you begin to navigate through tough choices of your life, you're not aiming to get to a place of perfection. You're aiming to grow. You're aiming to land somewhere and land somewhere you indeed will. You're a human and you're here on earth and your life is happening and unfolding before you. It's not predictable. It's not always safe, but it's also not always awful. We have real opportunities to choose to live and It's really within us to decide what living looks like because no one's going to get to rob you or me or anybody else for that matter of their individual journey. Our individual journeys indeed are sacredly ours. So I gave you the example of having to have made the decision about my children and their school situation. And the beginning steps were probably the hardest because to some degree it felt like I didn't know where to start and I was so afraid of where we might land. We haven't landed yet, and in fact, I don't know that we will land. I think that we're just going to be walking forward in something for quite some time now. But the point is, is giving up wasn't an option. It was picking myself up after the disappointment, recognizing that something still had to be done, even in the midst of the upset I had to face. Just by the mere choice of moving forward and taking action, we ended up in a direction It still feels vulnerable, but sometimes I have to accept that the very fact that I chose a direction has to be enough for today. So today I get just enough. And maybe today you get just enough. And so I hope that as you go through this week, you can really process where you are, what those hard decisions are, and what it means for you to have just enough for today. I hope you all have a great week and uh, we'll bring back another hard topic or fun topic or something of that effect or risque topic uh, when we talk again next week. Be well, everybody. 